0: You're listening to Perry Noble's Thoughts on leadership, vision, and creativity. For daily insight, please check out
1: perrynoble.com.
0: Hello and welcome to the November 2010 edition of the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. We have fun in this place and this and today will be no exception. Today we're gonna to talk about the idea, Perry, that you challenged leaders back in uh, Unleashed 2009 where you said that we should ignore the jackass. Uh-huh. exactly Exactly. but before we get into uh, that topic today i just want to make sure that we take a second to highlight the unleash conference that's coming up march the 10th 2011. early bird signups are already underway we have a thousand people already signed up and we want to make sure that the listeners out there don't miss out on their opportunity to sign up for next year's unleash perry what would you want our listeners to know about uh, unleash coming up next year you know the
1: the deal is like you said Sign up soon, because we've already got a 1,000 people registered. It's going to sell out. It's $39 until November 30th. So by the time this podcast hits, you've got a week or two to sign up. It's $39. And church planners always want to know, do we have a discount? Yes, it's $39. Um, do we have a multi- you know, multiple people discount? Yes, $39 a person. Um, that's um, or ten for three hundred ninety dollars. We're running that special right now that's too. A good deal. Um, yeah, I did good math. So seriously, the deal is thirty nine dollars is unbeatable for a conference, and it is a day that is just. I mean, we. I, I just love it. Everybody loves it. And so, sign up, get here, bring a team of people. I promise you, you won't regret it. We're gonna have a ball. And also, um, save the date for September eighth. We're doing NLC again. Uh, More information will be out on this um, probably in the next month or so. But a lot of the speakers are coming back. Andy Stanley will be back. Craig Rochelle is going to join us this year. Mark Driscoll, Judah Smith, Stephen Furtick, myself, Judd Wilhite, and Barack Obama. Okay, I was kidding about Barack. He's not really going to be here. But everybody else,
0: all those other guys are coming. But we'll make room for Barack if he wants to show up, right? I would let him talk. Absolutely. Well, that'll be cool. Remember that September the 8th, 2011 for the New Spring Leadership Conference and March the 10th, 2011 for the Unleash Conference. Do not miss out on that. And just for your information, this is the kind of, both of those conferences, we, we feel like you need to be here. We will not stream these live on the web. So if you want to see those on that day, you need to get signed up right away. Well, with that, I just want to move right into our clip for the day. Again, this is from Unleashed 2009, where Perry tells us to ignore the jackass.
1: Pastors, let me encourage you to get a group around you that investigates the obvious. I've got a group of men and women around me that behind closed doors, they can say anything they need to say to me anytime they need to say it. I want their feedback. I want them to tell me if a sermon's bad. I want them to tell me if an illustration didn't work. I want them to tell me if my idea is bad. I don't want a bunch of yes, boss. That's a good idea, boss. I like you, boss. I don't want that. You know why? I care more about Jesus and his church than I do my pride, and I've invited other people to investigate the obvious in my life. Now, I don't invite everybody. I'm coming. I'm coming. Hold on. In fact, let's go there. The first I is investigate the obvious. This next one, now, you're going to have to give me a minute. I need to explain it. So let me say it. Let me explain it. The second I is ignore the jackass. (laughs) I'm almost there. (laughs) Ignore the jackass. In Greek, jackass is translated blogger. When I was in Kenya let's see where I got this. The Lord gave it to me. Lord didn't give you that. Yes, he did. I was in Kenya. We were in a village called, called Kenderia, and we were having a, like a, a village meeting. and they asked us all to go under the tree. It was just the tree, the big tree in the village. They called it the big tree, So that's where we went, We just the big tree. So we're all sitting under this tree, and I have a team there, five of us, and we're going to all these villages, and there's this guy up in front of us, sitting in front of, like, the, the, the team of elders in the village, and he's like the spokesman, and he's casting vision as to what they wanted to see happen in their village. And he's casting vision, and we're all into it, and all of a sudden, this donkey, about 15 feet away, freaks out. <laughs> I mean, it went, it was like, ee-ah, ee-ah, and it's kicking and stuff. This guy never acknowledged the jackass. He kept casting vision. And I felt the Lord tell me, that's the problem in the church. Too many pastors are paying attention to the jackasses and not casting vision. And when you pay attention to a jackass and you don't cast vision, you will miss it every time. <laughs> to it, let me talk about two types of jackasses really quick. <laughs> the first one is the person that takes shots at you that have never been to your church. Pastors, let me tell you something. God called you to cruise at an altitude of 30,000 feet. God called his church to soar above the problems. Why in the world would you let a boy with his BB gun in his backyard intimidate you? The bloggers that'll go online, that'll take shots at you, that copy parts of your sermon and like cut a little bit and cut a little bit and cut a little bit and cut a little bit and, little bit and splice and then they, they go and they get, listen to this guy's sermon, they listen to this guy's sermon, they listen. listen. Like, who has time for that? the jackass you're watching right now there's a reason you have time to do that you have no friends the reason you have no friends is you're a jackass and I will say that to you everybody in this room have wanted to say it to you and and, and, unless they're jackasses we're gonna get to that in just a second I want that's your problem that you're either demon possessed or oppressed Because when a move of God is working and people are getting saved and lives are getting changed, who would criticize that, God or Satan? Ask yourself that question. I'm going to blog about you. I don't read it. I don't. If we ran out of toilet paper, I'd have somebody copy and paste it and we'd use it for that, but that's about it. That's what I think of your blog. Now, somebody's liking that. He said, Perry, what about the jackass in the church? The jackass in the church is the person that always screams, I want to go deeper. You know what I tell people that say that around here? You're only as deep as the last person you served. You want to talk deep? Let's go check your tithing record and see how deep you are. Deep. Deep. Most Christians are, uh, John Maxwell said it, most Christians are educated way beyond their level of obedience anyway. What you're really saying is you want me to stand on the stage and confuse the heck out of you so you don't have to apply what I teach on Sundays. I could do that. I want more worship. You got six other days. If you were full of Jesus when you walked in here, it wouldn't matter to you how much we sang.
0: All right, well, that's a very provocative uh, clip, Perry, where I'm sure uh, people have lots of questions, so I'm gonna do my best to ask the ones that they would have. Right mm-hmm. out of the gate, I wanna ask you this. Uh, in the clip, you talk about two types of jackasses. Yes. Those outside the church mm-hmm. and those inside the church. Which one do you think presents the greatest distraction? Oh, I think it depends on the person.
1: Um, There are literally some leaders that feel like they need to listen to every critic that they have, um, both inside the church and outside the church. And um, this comes from a statement that I've heard. Um, I'm not quite sure who originally said it, but Shane, you've heard it before. It's um, You need to treat all criticism like chewing gum. Put it in your mouth, chew on it, um, and then spit it out. Um, that was great. That was great advice about 15 years ago, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, when a critic actually had to work really hard to criticize someone. They had to write a letter to the editor. They had to sit down and write you a letter. Most of the time it was signed. It had a return address on it. And it was, it, I mean, it, so criticism literally, um, the, the critic had to really think through the effort that they were gonna use to criticize the leader. Today, because of Facebook, Twitter, um, blogs, you know, email, um, anyone can say anything about anybody that they want to with no accountability. Like, there's no accountability in today's world, and you can do it anonymously. I love how people said people are more honest on social media, and I'm like, well, oh really? Oh, is that why their name is Big Guy 82? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's I mean, that's done a lot for anyway. So, um. So so in order to criticize somebody, all you got to do is sit down in front of a computer screen and say whatever. And so if a leader focuses on everything, like I just put it to you this way, that's a big flipping piece of chewing gum. I don't think I could chew on that. You know what I'm saying? And so it's it's dangerous if you feel like you've got to listen to everything all types of criticism, but a leader does need some filters in place and he does need some people around him or she needs some people around her who will be honest enough to, to share um, the truth with them. I'm sure we'll get into that later. So, but it just it just depends. It depends on the leader. It completely depends on the personality as to um, w- which which type of person is a bigger distraction.
0: Well, let me just go ahead and get this question out of the way. Um, you mentioned in the... Uh, clip that some people just, some jackasses just simply say they want to go deeper. Yes. And so are you saying, when you say that, that everyone who wants to go deeper is a jackass?
1: Um, No. That, that's one of the most, I, I've, I've been uh, misquoted on that one a lot, and I'm so glad you asked that question. The main reason you asked that question is I told you to ask me that question. True. Um, no, no, seriously, man, someone who wants to know the Word of God in a more intimate manner, that's a great thing. I mean, that is a great thing. I I, I love that. But someone who, most of the time, Shane, when someone has said that to me, they're using it as an excuse to not actually go out and fulfill the Great Commission, um, where Jesus said, go reach the world. There's a reason that two billion people on the planet have never been reached with the gospel and that's because you've got Christians in Bible studies wanting to go deeper when they should actually be out sharing Jesus with people. I mean, the Bible says in all, all, all through the Scriptures, you know, the Son of Man came to seek and save those who were lost, not start Christian activities for Christians so we can isolate ourselves from the very people that Jesus died for. And so a lot of time, most of the time, um, people use that as an excuse because I'll be honest with you, man. People that want to go deeper never have to tell somebody they want to go deeper. If I want to go if, – if, if I want food, I don't have to tell you I want food. I know where the refrigerator is. I can go open it and eat until I explode. Um, if someone wants to go deeper – they can they can pick up their Bible and go deeper. There's online Bible studies. There's commentaries. There's there's courses. There's all kinds of stuff out there that they can go into. Um, the 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 jackass is the person that uses that as an excuse to not actually go fulfill the Great Commission. When someone says that to me now, I'm like, that's great. We can go deeper. Tell me how many lost people you know. Mm-hmm. How many how many unchurched unsaved people have you had a conversation with in the past month? Um, and usually it's i don't know it sounds like it it just sounds crazy so i would i would, no no going deeper is not a bad thing but you know i um heard Brian Bloy say this he's he's the pastor of Westridge and he said this in a message a couple of weeks ago he said um, he was challenging a group of people and he says you guys know the bible but you're still not dangerous mm-hmm. and i was like wow that sums up that sounds up that sums up the people that want to go deeper they know the bible but they're not dangerous. So I would say study, read, get into the Word of God, but it should propel your love for Jesus and lost people, not give you an excuse to sit on your butt and not go reach them.
0: That's good. You know, the people that I've seen, Perry, that criticize you and or our church really come at you from two ways. They either criticize how you teach Scripture. Sure. Or they criticize the method we do church. Yes. Or by which we do church. Uh, Tell me... Which of those two, if either, uh, sting the most, and why? Well, both of them
1: sting the most uh, because the the way I teach, man, is from my heart. Um, I didn't I, I didn't um, download my sermon, uh, and I, I didn't. Um, I, I mean, I'm I'm really teaching what I really feel that Jesus has taught me to ch- teach, and the way we do church, man, Shane, we are not the perfect church. I look back over the past ten years and. Now, we've done some things right. We've done some things wrong. But the things, the, one of the things I'm learning is it takes different kinds of churches to reach different kinds of people. And there are some types of people in this world that are only going to be reached by our church. Coincidentally, there are some, also some people in this world that will never be reached by the way we do ministry. That's why there's other churches out there that are doing things, Shane, that their methodology from us is as night and day as you could get, but they're reaching people for Jesus, they have a desire for sound doctrine, and they teach and preach the gospel. At the end of the day, that's all I care about, um, is, 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 you know, can we agree on the Nicene Creed? If we can at least start there. Um, and, you know, I, then you get into Bible translations and all that stuff, and none of that stuff matters. Um, I, just, I would just say the, the, that criticism hurts on both ends of the spectrum. And, uh, and so that's why a pastor or a church leader really has to know why they're teaching what they're teaching, and they need to know why they're doing church the way they're going to do church, because those two things are always going to come under fire. Yep.
0: You know, you mentioned, I think most of our conversation at this point has probably been centered around bloggers or people outside the church hating. But I don't want to call attention, because uh, I know a lot of our listeners are in towns where they're doing something great, but other church leaders in their town yes. are criticizing them. Yes. I know that's happened uh, here uh, at New Spring and with you. Let's talk about that for a minute. How do you deal with uh, criticism uh, from people who are supposed to be on your team in your town?
1: The thing I would tell pastors is if you got other pastors um, criticizing you, and and it always gets back to you in, in your own town, don't fight with those guys. Just, just don't. I mean, the body... Of Christ doesn't need two more pastors going after it with each other. Um, w- once again, two billion people on the planet that have never heard the gospel, um, and we're really gonna fight over who has lights in their church? That 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 is a little bit ridiculous. That's a lot ridiculous, um, and so it's gotten back to me before, hey pastor so-and-so said this, and pastor so-and-so said this, and the only thing that we've ever done here at New Spring Church uh, in regards to mentioning other churches or other pastors in our community is always been positive. Um, I've never said, hey, you heard so-and-so, well, let me tell you what I know about that. I I just don't do that. I just don't do that. We've actually sent pastors in this community gift cards, um, pastors that have taken shots at us, by the way. We've um, we've given money to other churches in this area, and we don't ever broadcast who we're doing that to or what we're doing, I mean, we just, we're just, I I just, um, Andy, I heard Andy Stanley do, do a teaching one time where he said, somebody has to be the one to take the bullet. Mm-hmm. And uh, when it comes to that, man, I just I, I will just tell pastors, please don't fight with other pastors in your community. It just does the body no good, even if it hurts. Mm-hmm. Even if it hurts, just don't have that fight.
0: Yep. Well, that's what Jesus decided to do. I yep. think that's good uh, encouragement. Let's talk about criticism that comes from inside your church. Yes. What would motivate somebody to come to your church week after week and then decide to criticize you or how we do church?
1: Well, the, the, th- the thing is, everybody that walks in the door of your church has a vision for your church, um, and it's usually centered around their personal preferences. Um, and so they'll say, well, I don't think we should have done that song. I don't think you should have worn that shirt. I don't, you know it, it some of the stuff that people criticize Shane um is absolutely ridiculous. It's like, really, really? You, okay, we just had seventy eight people receive Christ, and you're mad because I talk negatively about cats. are 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 we really having this conversation right now? Are we really because cats do go to hell? I just want you to know that. So are we really having this conversation? Um, I, I hate cats. Anyway, um and and let me stop. People always ask me, will will my pet be in heaven with me? The only reason somebody would ask that question is because Jesus isn't enough. Anyway, another podcast, another time. Um, uh, seriously, Jesus isn't enough. I would love to have Fluffy. Um, what were we saying? I just had an ADD know, people moment. People
0: who think that pets go to heaven. They don't. Dumb. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. They're we all, can edit that out. They're all in bad. hell except dogs. Dogs go to heaven.
1: <laughs> There's a movie about that. Um, but I, w- I would just say people inside the church would... We'll we'll take shots and um, Andy Stanley once again. By the way, his leadership podcast is better than mine. You should <laughs> definitely go download it. Um, but Andy Stanley's talked about insiders versus outsiders, and pastors need to understand this. Usually, the only person that will complain about something in your church service is an insider. We've never had an outsider email us, like a, a lost or an unchurched person, and say, "Why do you wear jeans? Why are there no choirs? Where is the cr- where are the crosses?" Where is the religious architecture? Why do you use secular music? Why do you? We've never had a person that does not know Christ email us. Usually it's people who have a very religious background. And you know what? Let's be fair to them. It's all they know. Mm-hmm. It's all they know. They were brought up that way. And I've had to learn the hard way to gently teach them through that rather than just start getting mad and rebuking them. I mean, these people are great people that Jesus loves, and and they need to be gently instructed through these things rather than, you know, oh my gosh, I can't believe that. I've taken that approach. It usually doesn't work really well.
0: That's good. Gentle instruction, which leads me to my next question. Other people uh, have a vision for uh, our church, but how have you, amongst the criticism, amongst the inside and outside critics, people having their own ideas about how we should do church, how have you kept our church focused on its vision?
1: You know, um, I know why I started this thing. I, I, I didn't start it because a committee called me. Um, I didn't start it because uh, I, I graduated from a seminary and it was my natural next step. Um, the only reason I'm doing this is because I feel like Jesus called me to do this. And the reason he called me to do this was to spread the gospel, to reach people who are far from Jesus. At the end of the day, I love people that are far from Jesus, and I want to do church in a way that reaches them. Um, I've heard people say, "Well, church isn't for people that don't know Jesus." And I'm, and once again, I mean, I've heard it said, "How many church people did Jesus have when he started the church?" Zero. So, like, it is. It's for people that don't know Christ. I mean, our call is to spread the gospel, and so at the end of the day, I understand that people don't like what we do. I understand that the way we do ministry isn't the the personal preference of everybody. But man, at the end of the day, I know, here's the deal, I know that I'm going to stand in front of a holy and righteous God who saved me, who called me, and who equipped me, and who will hold me accountable for the way that I did church and the things that I taught. And as of right now, I could stand in front of him with a clear conscience and say, I really do feel like I fulfilled the vision to the best of my ability. That, that doesn't mean I've done everything perfect because God knows I haven't. But at the end of the day, I, every pastor, every church leader needs to understand we're going to stand accountable before a holy God, not, not the person that emails us every week with a critique of our sermon. And we're going to have to answer to, to Jesus. So that that's the thing that kind of keeps me motivated in that area.
0: Perry, how, how have you used distractions from the critics and or jackasses over the last few years to grow you as a leader? You
1: know, they've grown me because when it first started happening in 2005, um, it's the first really nat- national criticism we ever began to receive, which was totally, I mean, I, I was totally new to it. And I had the mentality, if I could sit down with these people, I could change their minds. And so I entered into some dialogue with some of them. I I shared email addresses. I had some phone conversations with some very early on. And none of it ever produced fruit. And I began to realize early on, um, I don't think a lot of these people really want to settle the dispute. I think they just love to argue. Um, I discovered in some a lot of bitterness and anger and the truth That hurting people hurt people um, has never made as much sense to me as what I see happening in social media today, and so I was just like, man, I, I, and so I tried to enter these conversations. I try to, I tried to, you know, learn from the critics or whatever. And a lot, most of the time, all these people want to do is tear down. In fact, I would say all they want to do is steal and kill and destroy. Somebody else wants to do that anyway. No, no, seriously. Who is the accuser of the brethren? Because um, you got you got to realize something. A lot of critics say, well, you know, Perry, Paul called out people by name. And you know what? In reading through the New Testament epistles of, of Paul, he did call out people by name. There are there are um, several occasions where he mentioned people by name. And I, I remember reading that for the first time. I was like, dang, Paul. And then I'm remembering. He did that under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So is there a time to call out someone? Yes. Is there a time to call them out by name? Absolutely. The thing that sets the Apostle Paul apart from a lot of the bloggers and the internet critics is the Apostle Paul gave these people one, maybe two verses, not five years of a blog. Mm -hmm. And I'll just use Rick Warren um, for an example, because Rick is a, a, a friend and a mentor that people go, well, he's a heretic, and I've got to call him out by name. Yeah, okay, if you think he's a heretic, then contact him personally, email him, write him a letter, and let it go. if you're you're not being like Jesus, if you're constantly attacking that man, once again, Paul gave these guys a verse, not a ministry, quote unquote.
0: That's good. Rick, how can you say Rick Warren is a heretic? That's just, you don't know the Bible if you're saying that. I agree. Anyway, and now that, that mayb- gonna, maybe I'm being a jackass Well,
1: people, no, people are going to call us heretics now. Okay. Heretic is one of those words, Shane, that you throw out when somebody doesn't agree with everything you agree with. Oh, you don't think the sky's blue? You're a heretic. Ah! And, I'm, and, and you know who the worst guys are? Let me just go ahead and say this. The reformed. Guys are usually the worst, excluding people like Mark Driscoll, excluding people like John Piper, excluding people like Matt Chandler. Um, and I love those guys. I'm I'm dear friends with all of them except JP, and I would love to hang out with him one day because that would be awesome. I wouldn't say anything. I'd just take notes. Like if he sneezed, I would write down sneeze. Um, because I love these guys. I love their passion. But a lot of those guys, if you don't if you don't believe reform doctrine, you're 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 a heretic. And how? Reformed doctrine could lead someone to the state of arrogance is beyond me. I do not understand that. And by the way, I love Reformed doctrine. Yeah. I love it.
0: Well, that's why those, go- those guys have a platform built on Scripture and not a blog that yep. a few people read. But, uh, hey, let's jump back to our conversation in regards to how you've grown as a leader. Let me ask you this. Do you believe God uses these jackasses— Uh, in the life of a leader to make sure that you are committed to your vision? Do you feel like it's a test?
1: Yes, I I think he does that, and I think he also uses them to keep us humble. Mm. Um, One of the things I finally had to come to grips with, a couple things that he's taught me through this. Number one, I, I will never be loved by everyone. I mean, I figure, you look at the Apostle Paul, people traveled from town to town to whip the crap out of him. Okay, that hadn't happened to me yet. You know what I'm saying? Jesus, after his first sermon, they took him to a cliff to throw him off the cliff. Now, I've preached some bad ones, but that hadn't happened to me yet. You know, and so if Jesus got critics and Paul got critics, then we are foolish to believe that everyone is always going to love everything we do. It is utter ridiculousness. second thing that God has really taught me through this is that I am on dangerous ground as a leader if I let their voice define me rather than his voice defining me. Um, And I've had people say, well, God could use a blogger. God could use a tweet. God could use an email. Yeah, he could. He could. It doesn't mean that's his plan. Um, I think every leader needs to have un. Filtered criticism that can come back to him or her, but that person needs to love Jesus, love the church, love the person, and have everyone's best interest in mind. And let me just say this, someone that don't know you, someone that's never met you, does not have your best interest in mind. They don't, and they don't have the best interest of the church in mind. They have usually their best interest in mind because usually they want to use your platform to draw attention to them so they can get more listeners or more followers or more whatever due to the way they criticize. I'm just saying, man, if you've got a problem with somebody, try to have a conversation with them, either through email, either through letter, either through phone call. And don't always have to be like, hey, I'd love to have a conversation with you, and could we tape it and record it and put it on the Internet? That's not one-on-one biblical criticism. That's, I want to use you to expand my platform.
0: You know, one of the worst things about giving attention to some of these jackasses is the distraction and the toil it takes on uh, the church. So talk real briefly about um, how much time you think you've wasted as a leader paying attention to jackasses early on.
1: You know, I used to read something online and I would, um, that somebody said about me. I was Googling and technorati in my name, and God revealed to me that that was um, both stupid and prideful um, because I loved reading the good stuff about me and I hated reading the bad stuff. And so God rebuked me very strongly. But what I used to do is I would read something that somebody said about me or our church in a negative manner, and I would literally get up from my desk and I would walk down the hall. And I would go into about five or six offices and go, "Do you can you believe what so-and-so wrote? And everybody's like, no. And I pull it up online, and I show it to them. And then everybody on, on the hall is PO'd for the rest of the day angry. And it wasn't the critics' fault. It was my fault. As a leader, I was focusing my staff, um, the people that God has called me to lead, I was focusing them on incredibly negative, draining stuff rather than, guys, this is what people are saying but this is the mountain we're climbing. This is the hill we're taking. This is what we're called to do. And uh, God rebuked me for that as a leader. I, I just, I mean, he was like, you are a fool. And uh, man, I had to repent of that sin and come back around and go, you know what? Man, I was, I'm wrong, God. I'm sorry. I, I helped focus people on the wrong thing rather than Jesus, his gospel, and the, the mission that, that he's given us.
0: Well, that being said, who do you listen to?
1: man, I listen um, to the senior management team here at our church. We have about um, five guys and two ladies in that meeting every week that are able to say anything they want to me. Uh, I listen to our staff. Um, I'll have meetings sometimes where I very intentionally ask direct questions about what we're doing, why we're doing it, the mission, the vision. Um, Once again, The Leadership Podcast by Andy Stanley this month, Challenging the Process, is unbelievable. You should go download that and listen to it right now. Um, So I I try to have those systems in place. Um, I'm not the king around here. It's not, you can't say that to Perry. I mean, I want to hear unfiltered criticism from people who love Jesus, love this church, love me, and have everyone's best interest in mind. That person can always, always Always be trusted, and if they don't have those four qualities, man, I ain't got time for them. I ain't got time for them. Um, I've I've got other church leaders that if they hear something, on, like one night I got home and um, somebody I'm not going to call his name, but he's a national leader who who um, I respect very much, and he heard me preach that night online, and he called me. He's like, hey man, um, you said something tonight, and let me talk to you about that. And man, you know what? I listened to him. I was, I was like, oh my gosh, man, thank you so much for pointing that out. And Shane, if you'll remember, about two days later, I came in this room and we had a conversation. I was like, hey, so-and-so called me the other night. He said this, guys, we need to dive into this and, and pull the truth out of this. And it was a very, very, very helpful conversation
0: for me. One of the things I, I'll just add here, Perry, unsolicited, is I've had a few guys even uh, that's come to a conference or even your coaching at work pull me aside and say, okay, tell me the real deal. Well, Perry really listened to you guys when, you know, like he says, well, he received criticism from y'all. And I, I just want to tell everybody out there, what this guy's saying is the truth. He will listen. If you love Jesus, love the church, and he knows that you love him, he will listen. And leaders out there that are in the same situation, you got to have people around you that will speak the truth, but make sure they don't have an agenda, that yep. they love Jesus, love the church, and love you. Uh, with that, Perry, let me talk about this. I know even now you know you mentioned how you felt God rebuked you and you repented and and just as a yourself and as an organization, we tried to drift away from paying any attention to these guys, but still even to this day, it is difficult to ignore it so what measures do you have in place uh even now that keep you focused on the vision and ignoring the jackass um
1: man, it's so hard,
0: but like i had to
1: uh I had to change my email address it used to be not that hard to guess um I uh, I had a Facebook account for three days and I had to shut that down because I'm like, oh my gosh, are people really like this? Um I uh I don't read um unsigned letters. Um and so you know, and I don't you know, and, and some of those letters make it to me. Like people find my address. I mean, recently I got a letter at home that attacked me personally and attacked my wife personally. Um, tore her apart in a way that, I mean, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I was so angry because they had attacked my wife, and she's like the godliest woman I know. It's like God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, <laughs> Um And so I just, uh, I, I've had to isolate myself from it. Um, people go, well, you're cutting yourself off from feedback. No, you're cutting yourself off from the jackass. There's a huge difference. I have, I would never cut myself off from feedback. But I I don't have to give an ear to everyone who has an opinion. There's no way that a church or an organization can move forward if they're trying to please everyone.
0: That's good. That's a good place, too, to really wrap up this conversation, Perry. But before we check out, I just want to give you one more opportunity to share whatever's on your heart in regards to critics and or jackasses. I just want to see if I can say that one more time while we're doing this. To our leaders out there who are listening, who may be and probably most are in a situation where somebody, some organization, some person, some blogger, someone in their church is a constant source of criticism. Yeah, what would you tell them?
1: I would say a couple things. Number one, man, don't take the fight public. Just don't take the fight public. I, man, I it it's it just is never good for the body of Christ. When we beat the crap out of each other, like seriously, how weird would it be a football team hits the field this Saturday and the center hikes the ball to the quarterback and turns around and tackles them? Well, that's what's going on in the body of Christ. We can't move the ball downfield because the center keeps tackling the quarterback. I mean, we've got, we're called to play offense, not defense. And so it's, it's just so bothersome. Don't take the fight public. I've had people rebuke me and I've had, at times, I really felt impressed by the Holy Spirit to talk to someone and rebuke them. I don't do it on a blog. I don't do it through Twitter. I I will call the person. And, and you know what, Shane? I, I have done some things. I have taken some shots at people um, on my blog, or I've taken shots at people as I'm teaching, or I've taken shots at, at people um, as I'm doing certain things that are kind of... Um, I don't ever really call them out by name, but like everybody knows who I'm talking about. And man, I'm even getting convicted of that. That's just not right. That's not right. If I've got something to say to somebody, I need a man up or woman up. I don't even know how you woman up. But you need a man up, and you need to go say that. The second thing I would say um, is that in YouTube world and in the world that we live in, um, people can make you seemingly say anything they want you to say. Um, I can take three minutes of the sermon that I preached on any given Sunday and make myself look like a heretic. You just give me a good editing software and enough time, and I can do it. Now, I won't even use me in this context. I'll use Rick Warren. Um, Rick Warren has been doing ministry for um, 20, 30 years, 30 years. And um, I would argue that Rick has a pretty successful ministry. Um, I I would say he's impacted a lot of people for the kingdom. Um, But you can go on YouTube and there are clips of Rick Warren's teaching edited down to two- and three-minute segments, copied and spliced, and people are like, this is what Rick Warren believes. This is who Rick Warren um, is. This is what he's all about. They'll do it to me. They've done it to me. They've done it to Stephen Furtick. They've done it to Andy Stanley, Ed Young, Craig Rochelle. They've done it to a lot of guys on on YouTube. And I would just tell people, I mean, you might not even be a church leader listening to this, but you might um, be a jackass. Um, and I didn't call anybody out right, because I'm, I'm, I really don't have you know anybody in mind. I'm just saying, it is dangerous, and let's just go back to Rick, it is dangerous to judge a man who has been in ministry for 30 years based on a three minute video clip put together by someone who hates him in the first place. If you do that. If that is how you form your ministry opinions about someone, you are a jackass. For you, to, I've heard people do that about Bill Hobbles. Well, Bill Hobbles said this. Well, first of all, Bill Hobbles might have said it. Rick Warren might have said this. I might have said that. Stephen Furtick might have said that. I Personally, I've said some stuff that I regret. I've said some stuff that is stupid. I would hate to be judged by people on my worst day. On my, hey, Jesus doesn't judge me on my worst day. He looks past my worst day. And I think if there were more, there was more grace in, in that whole criticism world, I don't even know how you show grace in that. That's probably a stupid idea. I'm just saying it is very, very, very dangerous when we start making judgments on the ministry that men and women have fought and bled and, and, and just sacrificed for based on a two to three minute YouTube clip. That might be the dumbest thing I've ever seen in the kingdom. So that that's just some of the stuff I wanted to share. I would just, and let me go back. Don't take the fight public. Don't take the fight public. Oh my gosh, for the sake of the kingdom and his church, just, hey, listen, don't take it public. Well, Paul took it public. Yes, he, if you gotta mention it, mention it. But mention it for your church and your context, move on.
0: Yeah, Paul also wrote in Romans chapter 12 that as far as it depends upon you, live at peace with one with, another.
1: Yeah, with everyone. Live at, live at peace with everybody. And that's hard, bro, but you got to yeah, do that's it. Hard.
0: Well, that's it. That's it for today. We've covered everything we could about jackasses. So don't, You said that word again. That was I awesome. did. I got it in one more time. So ignore those. But don't ignore the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Email us at hello at newspring.cc, a subject line leadership podcast. Tell us what you think. We'll listen to you. Take care. Bye.